You're listening to the Put On Waivers Podcast with your host, Dwayne Douglas, on the POW Sports Podcast Network. So whether it's the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, or even hockey, nah, forget about hockey. Now for the best in sports talk, come along for the ride with the Put On Waivers Podcast. Here's your host, Dwayne Douglas. Welcome to another glorious episode of the Put On Waivers podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Douglas, podcasting off the shores of the beautiful Pacific Ocean, 72 degrees and sunny with a slight breeze to the left here on the West Coast. Hope everybody got there out there and voted yesterday. I don't really care who you vote for. Just, you know, go out there and exercise the right because many countries don't have it. So exercise that right, if you will. My partner in crime today is James Amato. He's Hello. podcasting out of, the great, out of the great state of Connecticut, the birthplace of the Hartford Whalers, the insurance capital of the world. And it was a close race, but is it Ned Lamont country out there now? Is he the, is he the new governor of, the, of Connecticut? He's the new governor, but I, I think it's less than 1,500 votes. Um, Wow, that's Stefanowski, close. Yeah, Stefanowski conceded. Um, it, it's a it's a blue state out here, although with the amount of people on Facebook complaining, um, I don't understand how <laughs> how Stefanowski <laughs> lost. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, interesting. But yeah, you know, went to bed last night and Stefanowski was in the lead, and woke up this morning to Lamont. So. Was that like a, a was that like the Connecticut's version of, of Dewey Truman right there, as far as that goes? They, well, they, they don't call they don't call anything anymore. A little something called uh, uh, a Bush happened back in two thousand where they called races too early, so they they've actually stopped calling races uh, before you go to bed. But yeah, it, it was actually I was surprised that Stefanowski was in the lead going to bed last night. Um, oh, just crazy. Yeah, just being such a hey. democratic state. <laughs> so like, hey, so listen, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't try to change anybody's mind, but every two years, just make sure you go out there and do it. Um, no, no, the one thing I've learned, and I, I actually said it today, is every two years, I'm going to take the Wednesday off of Election Day off because no matter what party wins, people come into work um, just in the worst mood. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be so that along with Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl Monday will be the day that um, Super Bowl Monday. <laughs> yeah, to take it off, right? That makes sense. <laughs> so let's. So last week, I we got Mike Rolando, who was a huge Yankee fan. He's on assignment. He's on assignment this week, so he won't be here. He, he won't be with us. And he, you know, he is a Yankee fan. So the Red Sox won the World Series. And if you didn't listen last week, here's just a little taste of what went on. We've got some content for you guys as well uh, coming up next month in the month of November. But first and foremost, we had a World Series, and this is what happened. Pierce hits 
one in the air to left center field. Back at the wall, there will be no zero. Pierce has got another. Two-nothing Boston in the first. Nothing and one to count. High fly ball into left. Back at the wall, he's got another. How about Steve Pierce? Second of the game. Third in the last two games. It's five to one Boston here in the eighth. From the top on down, here comes a one-two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series. Five to one the final tonight. And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. One. Touching <laughs> I tell you, uh, a Yankee fan favorite favorite. They're about to do the show solo. <laughs> 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 yeah, honestly, that was, you know, I, I can. So I had a little fun with Mike last week. I'm sure he thoroughly enjoyed watching the World Series at the Red Sox. Uh, did, did did what they had to do against the Dodgers and and won the World Series. I got Mike's perspective of it. You know, Mike. You know, Mike is, even though he's a Red Sox fan, pretty fair about. Uh, I mean, a Yankee fan, pretty fair about how great the Red Sox were. I mean, they went through, they ran the gauntlet, went through some really good teams to win the World Series. James, what are your thoughts on the Fall Classic this year and the Red Sox domination? Yeah, I think the only thing that would have made that clip better was instead of playing Sweet Caroline, if you played New York, New York, because that that seems to be the theme. Of, uh, of the Red Sox postseason um, after the Aaron Judge, um, you know, trolled in the Red Sox after a game too. Uh, I think that would have completed that, that little recap perfectly. Um, hey, the Red Sox are the best team in baseball. Um, I think they're one of the underappreciated. They might be one of the under-the-radar great teams of all time. Um, they played old-school baseball. They played really old-school baseball, um, a lot of hit and runs, getting the big hit when they needed it. Um, you know, I'm going to quote Joe Buck. How about Steve Pierce? Uh, you know, grows up a Red Sox fan and is MVP of the World Series. And, and that's one of those things that being someone who loves baseball, like that is what makes baseball great, is that it's the World Series MVP is, is more often than not that unknown player, that, that Brian Doyle of the 1978 Yankees. Um, you know, Steve Pierce, who wasn't even start the season with the Red Sox, was in Toronto and acquired the trade deadline. Uh, the Red Sox just came up big. They were the better team, and, and they proved it. I just don't think people realize how good of a team they were. Um, the only time I had any doubts on the Red Sox in any game was actually game four when they were down late um, and, and just came back to win that game. That was just, just you know, again, clutch hitting right there. Pierce with a three-run home run to get back in it. Um, you know, Kershaw has continued to be Kershaw in the postseason. David Price stepping up. Um, you know, I'm someone who has made fun of David Price, so, you know, I'll eat my crow now on that. But, um, 
you know, just Mookie Betts not having a good series and, until game five, getting getting a couple hits there. Um, they, they were just a complete team. You know, they, they're one of those once every 20 or 30 year teams that just come out of nowhere and, and just everything goes right for Boston this year. And, and, and that's what happened. When you, when you put everything together and you look back at this season, and this was a team that had a horrible, horrible um, spring training. Uh, well, not really horrible. They, you know, they came out of spring training not expecting to do much, and, and all the talk was about the Yankees. They, all year long, it was they're under the radar, the under the radar, the Yankees are going to catch them. And um, it got close, but they, they just continued to win baseball, and they, they did it old-school baseball way. How would you feel if you got pulled over for speeding today, but you didn't get a ticket? Now, that feels good, doesn't it? Well, that's pretty much what it feels like when your computer crashes or gets infected with a nasty virus if you get Carbonite online backup before you have your next computer disaster. With Carbonite, you get a do-over. You get your pictures and your other priceless files back. Computer disasters are inevitable, but for only $59 a year, Carbonite gives you safe, automatic, and unlimited backup for your PC or Mac. Plus, with Carbonite, you get anytime, anywhere access to your backed-up files from any computer or on your smartphone or iPad with a free app. Try Carbonite free for 15 days, plus get two free months with purchase. To get this special offer, click on the Carbonite banner or visit Carbonite.com and use offer code FREETRIAL. That's Carbonite.com, offer code free trial, or simply click on the Carbonite banner on your screen. So we're back on the Put On Waivers podcast. Dwayne Douglas here along with James Amato. Evaldi uh, was phenomenal. That bullpen was tremendous, right, James? I mean, they just they pitched better than they they pitched better in the postseason than they did in the re- in the regular season, right? I mean, they, everybody everybody thought everybody thought that was one of the weakest parts of the Red Sox bullpen, but Whenever they had to call on somebody, they just came through, and that and Evaldi was the leader in that. Yeah, no one had any of those expectations for for the Red Sox because the bullpen just was not there all season long. Um, it was, I mean, it, it was there, but you know, down the stretch, it wasn't the strongest, and you know, a lot of the feeling was that was going to be a difference between them and Houston, and between them and the Yankees, um, and in some ways, even them and the Dodgers, and it, and it just never. It, it never really evolved. You didn't. You did not see. You know, it was the one game against the Yankees where the bullpen was just not there, and and that was the price start. Um, but you know, we touched on it a few weeks ago. I, I think as the playoffs went on, we've seen the evolution of starting pitching, and you know, getting three to four innings out of your starter one night, and then bringing them in the eighth inning the next night to to shut the team down. I, I think that's the future of baseball right now. Yeah. Uh, as far as Kershaw goes. And listen, I'm not asking the guy to shut people out. I'm not asking the guy to be, you know, you know, be. I, I, I think, a, I think, a, I think a, a four, a, a ERA north of four, is just too high for a player of his caliber in the playoffs. I, I think that's fair. I think that's a. Even though I'm a Giant fan, and I hate the Dodgers. I'll be the first one to say you. That's not. That's not. That's not an unfair situation for me, right? I, I, I don't feel like that's. That that's something that he that I should worry about when my number one guy goes out. He should be be able to keep the other team under under four runs or less in a in a deciding game. What are your thoughts about Kershaw and his performance? Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. It, it's really really amazing that the pitcher he is in the regular season. He's not in the postseason, and 
Is it a matter of him tiring out? Is it a matter of nerves? Um, you know, one person who comes to mind is, if you, you look back at Trevor Hoffman, who's a Hall of Famer, and, I, and I'm sure Kershaw will be a Hall of Famer, but Trevor Hoffman had some very big postseason blown saves, and, and he even blew a couple of all-star games um, that resulted in the National League losing a home field advantage back in those days. Um, so, you know, was it something about the pressure in, in these big games getting to him? Um, San Diego is a, a hell of a lot different than pitching in L.A. when it comes to media and stuff like that. But, yeah, if, if you're the number one starter and you're getting paid as the number one starter, uh, you're expected to, you know, you know you're expected to not give up more than one run. And, and you kind of look back at Andy Pettit, who had, who had a very good regular season career. But when it came to the postseason, you know, Andy Pettit was a money pitcher when it came to the postseason. So it, it, even as a giant fan, you have every right to criticize Kershaw for his postseason performance because it's just not there. Yeah, and and we like doing it. No problem about it. We have no issue with it. I think, I think you even sent me. The, I, I think you even sent me the picture of him, uh, of he and Puig with their participation trophies. While uh, in the background, yeah. you see Bumgarner and Posey with the three championships. Yeah. So Dodgers go down. The, the Dodgers go down again in the World Series. I thought for sure that they would probably. I thought this this team would do what the Royals did. You know, they lost that World Series to the Giants in seven. They came back the next year to beat the Mets. I thought I thought you would see that here, but Boston was just too tough as far as, as far as um, the World Series went, and they ended up winning another World Series there in Boston. I tell you, if you were, if you were born and you're like a 25 year old uh, Red Sox fan, you don't know anything about the curse of the Bambino at no. all. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're very spoiled. You're very spoiled, very spoiled. So it's good to see that the Yankees, to, to combat the Red Sox and losing that series, they did everything they could to get younger and more athletic. So they signed Gardner, and they signed C.C. Sabathia to come back for another year in 2000, um, 2019. I could maybe see Sabathia as a fifth starter, but I thought this offseason, I don't know how you felt about Gardner, but this was this was one of his worst seasons. Players don't usually get better unless they're on something in baseball. Um, <laughs> when they get past 35, 36 years old, thoughts on the Yankees signing Gardner, who's coming off one of his worst seasons? Yeah, it was it was interesting because they, they did not um, pick up his option and, and they canceled out of the option, which cost them nothing, and then they signed him for less. Um, I thought for sure that they were going to bring back McCutcheon on the low and, and let Gardner go. Um, you know, he was all about speed in his younger days and um, great defense, and it just wasn't there. You know, let's let's be fair. It hasn't been there for at least a year and a half now with him. So, um, yeah, that that's the exact opposite of, of everything they needed to do in, the, in this offseason. So it just it makes you wonder um, – what are they going to do? Um, you know, because they're just bringing back. I can see Sabathia. Sabathia has accepted that role of being a pitcher now, or, or actually more of a thrower, and 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 you know, relying on the, on the junk to get players out and stuff like that. But Gardner, the signing makes no sense to me, especially an organization that so cruelly cut ties with Bernie Williams, who had a much better career with hmm. the Yankees. Than than uh, Gardner did, and and same general manager, and you know, and and Williams was willing to come back for 
I think it was like three to four million dollars a year on a one-year contract, and and which was almost a quarter of what he had been paid the previous year under his last contract, and and uh, and and Cashman said no, you know, and they just walked away from him, and Cashman more or less said, you have to walk away from the past sometimes, no matter how hard it hurts. So it, it's real, real interesting on on his change uh, of mood with Gardner, but you know. Maybe he's got some of those computer stats uh, that proves Gardner, you know, needs to stay with the Yankees. Yeah, and also, I mean, I remember they. I saw an old interview with Chuck Noll, and Chuck Noll, when he had all those great Pittsburgh Steelers teams, he said, "We could have won longer, but I couldn't let go of the guys, you know, the guys who 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 did great things for me." He couldn't let go of the great players. He couldn't. He couldn't cut ties with them. Uh, I remember. I mean, a guy like Belichick will cut you when it, cut you in your prime. Like he don't. He doesn't care. Once you don't fit anymore, it's oh. over. So yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see the Yankees kind of go back to see. I, I could definitely as Sabathia. I could see everybody has that. Everybody needs a fifth starter. Everybody needs a fourth starter. Everybody needs a guy to eat up some innings, and he and he does that. But Gardner, I thought maybe. Maybe if Frazier wasn't, you know, so wasn't so concussion prone, I guess, um, maybe he would be the guy to naturally take over. Uh, he's a very good young player, but I guess that, that that's not going to be the option uh, for the Yankees there. Uh, let's look at so baseball has this. I guess what the Hall of Fame has this new era, um, you know, uh, guys who've been on the ballot for a long time. And I kind of want you're a baseball historian, you know. You have a lot of you have a lot of those um, you know those memories and um, and that you go back you go back a little bit as far as all some of these players go. And you've seen all these players just like I've seen these players. So I got all these guys on on my computer screen right now. This, can we talk about whether or not they are a Hall of Famer or not? And let's just start out in Los Angeles with the with Earl Hersizer. It's Earl Hersizer in your mind. I can never say his name correctly. Maybe because he's a Dodger, but is he a guy who you would say is a Hall of Fame ball player? No, he's not. He had a Hall of Fame season, um, and he became one of those players who who stuck around by adapting to the game and the way he pitches. He wasn't the, the same pitcher, obviously, when it went to Cleveland um, after that, but I, I don't. Hershiser had one of the greatest seasons in Major League Baseball, but I don't see mm-hmm. him all of it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, as far as managers go, now this is a manager who has taken four different teams to four different teams to the playoffs. He has a World Series championship. Is Davey Johnson a Hall of Famer? Wow, that's a that's a good one. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider all around work for Davey Johnson. Like, what, like yeah. as, a, as a player, he was a solid player. He was a member of that that Braves infield that hit where everyone hit forty home runs. Um, yeah, Davey Davey Johnson's on the fence for me. I with me leaning more. Would you have? We well, yeah. So he, he, I agree with you on that. On that, if, if Davey if Davey Johnson made it, you wouldn't be upset. I would not be upset if Davey Johnson made the Hall of Fame. No, I would not be emphasizing that. What about talk about closers? What about Lee Smith? Yeah, Lee Smith, the closer. You think so? Yeah. Many, yes. many, many folks, many folks say no because they say he's a compiler. But you think Lee Smith is a Hall of Fame? 
a Hall of Fame um, closer. Yeah, and Lee Smith was in that generation that started out with a two or three inning phase, and he performed well then, and then then he developed into the, you know, when when the game changed to, uh, you know, when Tony La Russa changed baseball with the one inning relief pitcher, um, he became that. But his years with the Cubs, when he when he was you know two three innings uh, of relief when when relief pitchers, you know, came and put the fire out in the seventh inning, yeah, I. I he spent his hands down a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, relief pitchers don't get the respect they deserve. They're kind of the punters of, of Major League Baseball. And, and in my mind, and, and having watched him pitch and actually seen him pitch live in person, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Okay. Um, let's see here. Harold Baines, one of my favorites. I don't think Harold he's a Hall Baines, of Famer. He's one of my all-time favorite I'll, players, not a Hall of Famer. Not a Hall of Famer, not a Famer. So, 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 we can, so we can separate that. So, Lou Pinella. Lou Pinella. No. No? No. How about Lou Pinella's former boss, George Steinbrenner? Is George Steinbrenner a Hall of Famer? I mean, I don't know what criteria you would have as an owner, but he did take the Yankees to, to heights, of, if you will. When it, when he when he when he won the team, I mean, he also did a lot. Of, he also did a lot of other stuff when he was when he was the owner of the Yankees. But I mean, they did they did there were a lot of winning seasons, a lot of championship seasons under the boss George Steinbrenner. Yeah, so so Yankee fans under thirty five don't know George Steinbrenner. They know lovable old George who cried when they won the World Series championships. Um, don't forget, George was suspended twice. Major League mm-hmm. Baseball, once for making illegal contributions to the Nixon campaign, and once for hiring someone uh, to dig up dirt on Dave Winfield. Um, so you put that aspect into it. Then you take the aspect of George Steinbrenner changed the game of baseball when it came to free agency. Um, you know, he he more or less he saved the Yankees when he bought them from CBS. The Yankees were a team that was probably drawing, you know, less than 5,000 fans to their games. Um, he, he is someone I'm definitely, again, on the fence with, but it's it's leading way to yes than no. Um, and, and that's really from, from the second coming of George more than anything. So the first early part of his career with the Yankees, and then you, you get into those that, that 87 through – 90 years, 91 years, where he was just this crazy owner. Um, <laughs> you know, th- those four years. Um, but, yeah, I, I would, on the fence, but wouldn't be upset if he gets in, um, leaning more towards yes than no. Yeah, maybe with him being passed away, maybe he, maybe he might have a, more of an opportunity. Um, maybe we should add, and, and, and if, if he does get in, we ha- you have to have Billy Martin um, at the podium, kind of ushering um, him into the Hall of Fame as a guy who got fired 20 million times by by um, George Steinbrenner. Joe Carter, very uh, he I think he's I think he's one of the I think he's in the land of very good, land of outstanding. But I don't think Joe Carter is a Hall of Famer. When I watched him play, do you think Joe Carter is a Hall of Famer? He he had an iconic moment in the World Series, but. What are your thoughts on Joe, Joe? Carter? Joe Carter has the Hall of Fame moment that will live forever in the Hall of Fame. There's actually a picture of that the last time I went to the Hall of Fame on uh, the little section they had for the Blue Jays. 
Um, very solid career. Um, some good years early in Cleveland, so-so years in San Diego. Picks it back up when he went to the Blue Jays, uh, but he he's a no. Like I, just a solid career. Um, you know, was never the best player at any time in baseball during his career. Okay, I this one takes me back to my lunchroom days where. We would argue all day and all night who was better, uh, Madden Lee or Will Clark. Is Will Clark a Hall of Famer? I would love to see him get in because he's just a giant, but I could never justify it. Really, he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, see, and you- I, I'm gonna I'm gonna upset you on this one. If you're going to put Will Clark in the Hall of Fame, you have to put Steve Garvey in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, put Madden Lee uh, in if you put if you will if put Will Clark in. Well, I I think. I think Clark more. I think Clark's career more resembles Steve Garvey's, but Steve Garvey had a, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, Mattingly was the best player in baseball for a three-year stretch, um, and and I don't think Clark ever was. Um, I think Mattingly one day down the road, when his peers start to vote on a more regular basis um, on, on the, the senior committee, will get in. Um, you know, Clark's also he's a gold medalist, um, a College World Series winner. I mean, uh, one thing we we tend to forget is it's not the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame; it's the Baseball Hall of Fame. So if you take Will Clark's entire body of work, when you talk about college, when you talk about what he did with some Team USA, um, one of the first Olympic baseball teams, actually one of the only Olympic baseball teams, and, and winning a gold medal there, if you take his overall body of work, I would agree putting Jack Clark in the Hall of Fame. Jack, what's about Will Clark? I mean, Will Clark. What's about Will Clark? I mean, Will Clark, Will Clark, Will Clark. <laughs> Will Clark, Clark. Jack Clark. Uh, so, Jack I, I, I don't, I don't see it numbers-wise. I don't really see it. I didn't realize too that he basically only played maybe a couple of more seasons in San Francisco than he did in Texas. So Texas was he played a lot of he played, played a lot of his career in the Texas in Texas with the Texas Rangers, but everybody knows him as, as a Giant. So this is the one that I say. An absolute yes. This is why people around baseball, outside of baseball, cannot stand baseball writers, and they hate baseball writers. This guy is the reason why. This individual, who I'm about to name, had some of the best years you could ever see in your entire life for the Cleveland Indians. And Albert Bell, it is a travesty. It is disgusting. I don't care if he doesn't talk to a media member at all. I don't care. Unless he, you know, smacks you around the locker room, which, I'm, which, which he didn't do, there's no reason why Albert Bell should not be in the Hall of Fame. He's had some of the best years you could ever see in your life. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to pull up and go through it while you, while you speak about it, James, but Albert Bell should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Albert Bell was one of the most intimidating players in baseball. Um, he was a, a can't miss at bat. Um, you know, watching the game, he struck fear in you. Um, I, I I agree that Albert Bell, the years he had in Cleveland were some of the most incredible seasons that he had um, that you've seen in baseball. Um, he was dominant. He, he, you know, he was robbed of an MVP. So let's let's even take it that further. With with the with the baseball writers with with how they, you know, abolish or admonish someone you know because they don't like a person. 
Um, not to say Mo Vaughn didn't have a good year that year, but Albert Bell deserved to be the MVP that year, and, and that was that was a total sham that, that he didn't win it. Um, but yeah, Albert Bell should be in the definitely in in the Major League Baseball or in Baseball Hall of Fame. So in 1995, Albert Bell had 50 home runs and 126 RBIs. Now, I don't know what his war was. I don't really care. That's for Brian Kenny. <laughs> so 52 doubles, 52 doubles, 50, 50 home runs and 52 doubles. That, that's a whole lot of extra base hitting right there. All right. I mean, that was, that year alone is, and he followed it up. He wasn't done though, James, because he, he, he kind of, he kind of slacked off the following season and only had 48 home runs, only had 48 dropped down from two, but he had a hundred and 48 RBIs in 96. So he almost, he almost had, because he played 160, 158 games that year, he almost had an RBI per game that season. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. That is now, a, did he, he played, did, did, did he get 10 full seasons? Did he get? He was from '89 to 2000. So, okay, yes, he so. left. He, yeah, 12 years. He left when he was 33. And even the year he left, he had the year he left. And this is a year that most most major league players would take in a heartbeat. He had 23 home runs, and yet again had 103 RBI. So, if he in his 12 years. Hit. On a bad hip at that in his final season, and in his uh, let me let me break this down. So and he has he played twelve years, and in the twelfth year he only had of the twelve years nine of those years he had a hundred he had a hundred RBIs or more. The one one of those um, years that where he didn't get an art where he didn't have um, hundred RBIs he had ninety five RBIs in two in uh, nineteen ninety one. So I mean, un- I mean, listen, the talent is unbelievable. He was great. He was phenomenal. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I just can't. I, that is the thing that drives me absolutely crazy. The holier than now. I never made a mistake in my life. Nobody's gonna, nobody, you know, if if, if I got, if if I did something back in my past, nobody can see it. So I'm gonna take it out on the a guy who was mean to me. He didn't want to answer my questions. Like I get it. That he, like that's part of your job to get to have him answer your question and he treats you like a jerk. I get it. I mean, it's funny because like some of these guys and 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 baseball players who will treat the media like jerks and then they become part of the media, which is like kind of hilarious in a lot of ways. But yeah, Albert Albert Bell. I would. I mean, I, I want videotape evidence that he that he did that he that he that he, that he, that he committed a violent act towards a, towards a reporter. Then I would justify it. But if if, if I can't see that. The guy should definitely be in. It's disgusting that he's not in. No question about it. Yeah, and I I, th- I I agree with you on that. And and when you look back at Albert Bell and and you watch, there's a great documentary on the MLB Network about the the dynasty that almost was. Where they talk about the Cleveland Indians and those those '90s Indians and and even other documentaries and, and things about Albert Bell is everyone talks about how a great teammate he was and, and how personable he was and how he's one of the funniest guys in the clubhouse. You know, but you know, it's it's 
he doesn't have to act that way around the media. That's what the media wants. And, um, you know, he, he did have the one incident where he was accused of, you know, chasing some kids with his car when they egged his house on Halloween. But, you know, but because he didn't talk to you after a game or ignored you at the batting gauge, there's no right to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. He was a beast. Like, he, he was just pure intimidation, you know. Um, he was, you know, he was a Jim Rice of the 90s. You know, just that yeah. much, just that much presence at the plate, and it took Jim Rice forever to get fame. Yeah, for the same I think reason, Rice, for the exact same yeah, reason. Exactly, and I think when Jim Rice became part of the media and you know had to play nice, he started playing nice. He got in, but to me, I mean, Albert Bell not getting in is absolutely crazy. 